Hello, this is Francis Lombard, and welcome back to another episode of Cropped. This time, I check in with Will Dennis to do a little debriefing about San Diego Comic-Con 2022. We talk about the Eisner wins for Snow Angels and the good Asian, if he made it to Hall H, and also what the vibe was like at the con and how it looks for the future of comics. Now here's Will talking about San Diego Comic-Con 2022. Enjoy. Hey, Will, you just got back from uh, San Diego Comic-Con. I wanted to touch base with you for a quick debrief. Congratulations, let's just get this out of the way, on your you and your team's Eisner win for the Good Asian and Snow Angels. When it comes under series, is it really an acknowledgement of the work of everybody in the Eisner's Awards? Because I've never won an Eisner. I haven't even ever been to the awards system, but... How does Lucky that? You. <laughs> What's your take on you know winning an Eisner, even though maybe you know on this is it? It's a team effort, right? Are you saying it's fixed? Is that what you're trying to ask me, Francis? <laughs> no, I'm not saying it's fixed, <laughs> it's, but I'm it's just saying just a, it's a popularity <laughs> like, contest, really, and we just pass it around to whoever's up that and year. You have, but you have pictures of people going. You I've, know, I've finally <laughs> right. The rotation finally got around to me after 22 years. They finally no, you've decided. Won a few others too. No, I have, I have. But DC, DC had a weird policy where you weren't really allowed to go up and accept it as an editor, you know. And mm-hmm. so I never actually made it onto stage. I made it on the stage twice this time, which is kind of it was a little shocking, frankly. But and yeah, neither one of us like were prepared for it. It was a little. Our speeches were short. Let's put it that way. But actually, I think probably people appreciate it because some people get up there and it's like. You know, here's my shot to give my entire history of comics. And it's like, they literally, you know, people will literally start with like, I remember the first comic my mother brought home when I was sick and it was 1957. And you're just like, holy crap. Like, what are we, <laughs> what's happening? But um, yeah, I mean, of course it's like a team effort. I mean, it's the kind of thing it just, I mean, the award itself just says like the book's name on it. It doesn't have, you know, like the creator's names on it. Um they gave you two awards, like two actual statues. So I think in the, at least at DC, like they would generally give it to like the writer and the artist, you know? So um, as the principals, I don't know, they maybe they probably even have, you could probably even order one. I have no idea. Sometimes I've heard in those situations, like I think for like, isn't it like Emmys and stuff? Like if you're, you know, on a big production team, yeah. like they, you, you can actually like order extra ones or something. I don't really know, but um yeah. So yeah, it was fantastic. I mean, we we're, you know, I was sitting with Jack and then they called. that was like one of the first ones it was the snow angels one. So they call that and we both were like, Oh my God. So then we're on the way up to the stage and I'm just telling them like, okay, don't forget. Thank, you know, we'll Jeff. thank Jeff Lemire. <laughs> thank comiXology. Thank Steve Wands, the letterer, you know, thank you. I was just like, you know, cause you're there. And once you get up there, you're just like, you know, it's like bright lights and they're standing there and you're just like, Hey, great. You know? So he, so he kept it. I mean, he's got a British accent, so he can say anything, and it sounds, you know, very, you know, amazing. So he, I don't even know what he said. And then, yeah, then later, Hornsack. Well, the best part was that Jock was a presenter, right? So he had to go. We were sitting at the table all night, but then at some point, he had to get up and leave, go backstage because him and Scotty Young were presenting the awards for like four. You know, they do like four in a row, and then they have like a, you know, song and dance act or something, and then the um. 
he so he was going to present our award for the good Asian. And so we were all kind of like, oh, this would be amazing if you actually, you know, got to hand us the award, you know, on top of everything else. And so, um, yeah, so then he read the thing and he said he was going to like signal us if we won, like when he opened the envelope, you know. But apparently he said he even knew before he went out on stage, he knew who had won. So he was like, oh, I wanted to like text you guys and tell you that you won. And I was like, oh, thank goodness you didn't. But so, yeah, so he started like kind of like, he was like really psyched. So then, yeah, we're going up and Pornsack was like, I have nothing prepared. And I was, which is shocking because if you know Pornsack, that guy, like he doesn't write an email that's less than, you know, 15 paragraphs long, you know, like he's just so airtight about everything. So I was saying to him, I was just like, well, points like this could either be you have an amazingly long, ridiculously detailed speech or you have nothing prepared. And he's like, yeah, well, guess what? I have nothing prepared. So we're going, we're going up on stage, like walking to the stage because it takes a long time. It felt like to get there. And I was doing the same shtick. You know, it's like it's like when they had the, the, the ancient Roman, you know, the, the, the Roman emperors had a guy that would whisper in your ear, like, remember thou art mortal, you know? So I'm like whispering in his ear the whole time. Like, okay, don't forget, you know, Jeff Powell lettered it and Lee Lowridge colored it and Dave Johnson did the covers and Erica at Image did it, you know, all the design. And I was just like, yeah. So then, so he just kind of ran through a list of stuff and then we both were like, you know, bolted out of there. So I hopefully the crowd appreciated how short we kept the speeches compared to some of the other ones. <laughs> yeah, it was it was amazing, you know, and it's already we're already stuck in, you know, image immediately wants to kind of do more stuff with the book and you know, maybe like a cool collection and other stuff. So yeah, I mean it definitely immediately has an impact, which is great. Is there a possibility of a sequel? For good Asian? For good Asian. Oh yeah, yeah. We've been talking about that for a while, but yeah. it just takes um and he even mentioned the very last issue, it says at the, the last page, something about like, you know, Edison Hark will return. It doesn't give you the, the case name or anything. Yeah, the problem is that it um he's so meticulous, Pornsack, about the research and stuff that went into it. I mean, he spent probably like a year researching and doing all this stuff before we, you know, we had this historical consultant on it and everything. So he he's like really meticulous. So so yeah, for sure we want to do it. It's just a question of he has to just do this kind of legwork until he feels like he's um, you know, comfortable actually writing, you know, putting pen to paper in terms of scripts and stuff. But um yeah, I know Alex is working on something um at the moment. So yeah, I mean I'm hoping maybe, you know, maybe this time next year or something we could, you know, start getting something cooking. But yeah, it's definitely the plan would be to do more even before this, but now with this, I think for sure. Yeah, we try to so do much- it so much world building with his research and just the world yeah. presented. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, you, you, I, I, I guess it sounds like that's an element of the series of mm-hmm. like going, investigating a new world, but you know, it, a lot of the building blocks are already there, but who knows what new world yeah. can go into. Yeah. And there was characters that like that Lucy character, mm-hmm. she was kind of a, not a throwaway character, but she was kind of just meant to appear earlier in the issue and be just another person within this world that was kind of giving you like an insight into Chinatown and life then and all that. But everybody, we like loved her so much. He loved her so much that she comes back like and plays like a real integral role, like at the, in the conclusion of the case, you know? So we were even just sort of like, well, maybe even, you know, can you do something where she's the focal point and he's kind of just a peripheral character or something? You know, I don't know. I mean, I don't, that's just sort of the kind of spitballing that you do like on, projects and stuff but 
Um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there's definitely, like you said, I mean, it's like a really rich field that you could, you know, mine. So <laughs> yeah. for stuff and, and it did really well. I mean, we were, we were doing well. I mean, I think y'all, the single issues were like actually not only just breaking even, but like making money for the team and stuff, which, you know, isn't easy to do in this day and age. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. So, I mean, I had, I mean, the audience was really found it and really was pretty passionate about it. So, which is terrific. So yeah, winning this thing was great. You know I mean? It was just sort of the culmination of a lot of stuff and it, you know, it's nice coming from vertigo and having one stuff at vertigo, but you know, him switching to being a writer and all the, you know, anxiety about that and all the sort of, you know, it's a big step and, um, yeah, I mean, it's just a validation of like a lot of the stuff he's been trying to do for the last, you know, whatever, five or six years at least. So, yeah, you know, it was, it was great. Now the pressure's really on. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, the difficult, the, the difficult sequel. sequel. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's the whole rock band yeah. thing. You spend your yeah. entire teens putting your first album together, and now you got to come right. up with your second one in, in less right. than two years. We're know? gonna break, <laughs> break up. Yeah, exactly. So, and now after you get you guys you, your awards do they take you backstage like at the academies and do you have to do a Q&A with other people or is it just does the press start later after the eyes um yeah no there's no there's no <laughs> green co- room cocaine, or whatever there's no cocaine filled <laughs> green room unfortunately um the uh, no i mean you, you go you get the stuff you go back to your seat like oh, okay. they take some pictures when you come off, you go back to your seat, you suffer through the rest of the awards at the very end. They have like a big group photo of like everybody who won. Uh, so that was kind of cool. Like I was standing next to like Kevin Eastman had won some, and who was like the nicest guy. Like he's, he couldn't be like a nicer, more humble dude, you know? And I'm standing next to him and he's like, isn't this great? We all won awards. Isn't this awesome? Like you won an award and I won an award. I'm like, you invented the teenage Ninja Turtles, dude. Like, you know, I, I, some, silly little statue at the Eisner's. He's like, no, this is awesome. Everyone should be happy. Like he was really funny, like all enthusiastic about it, you know, and like a kid sort of, and we were just laughing. We were, you know, I was like, we were just kind of like, Oh my God, this guy's too much. But the, um, yeah. And then now there's like out in the lobby of the thing, they, like there's a bartender and stuff, but it's all cash bar and everything. So you're standing <laughs> out there in this, you're standing out there in this like ridiculously lit, you know, hotel ballroom lobby kind of thing. And yeah, there's just like one little bar. There's 20 people in line. You get up the line and it's like, you know, $15 for a cocktail or something. I mean, I think, I think we had, um, comiXology, they had paid for two tables that I was at. So, um, you get a certain amount of like drink tokens, you know, with it. So we had like during the ceremonies, we were, you know, having cocktails a little bit here and there and stuff, but, um, and they gave us some like little free passes for those, but no, there's no, once, <laughs> once you win, you get to carry around this weird little statue and then that's about it. You know, maybe someone will buy you a drink, but there's no, yeah, it's typically, com- I mean, it's kind of nice. It's typically comics, right? It's just kind yeah. of like, you know, you're just thrust back out into the lobby with everybody else and buying your own drinks and stuff. It doesn't, it's kind of nice that it's not, there's no, Vanity Fair after party or uh, like no handlers, no nothing. No, it's like none of that. Uh, no, no group, <laughs> no groupies, no, no red carpet, no nothing. You're like literally just like, okay, here you go. You know, they give you, they, they, you know what they do? They give you boxes that you can put this thing in. And so up on the stage, there's big cardboard boxes 
and in the big boxes. They're literally, like they look like like the delivery guy just left them in. Oh, there's in yeah, there's individual boxes that you. They're not labeled with your thing. There's nothing like they're literally just like go get a box and you can put the statue in the box and it's just like a little coffin thing that's got like padding in it, kind of, and you you know to hold the statue. But it's not like a certificate. It's not like oh, this is the good Asian best limited series box. It's literally just like someone takes a giant cardboard box filled with smaller boxes and throws it up on stage, and you just go up yourself afterwards and find a box that fits your statue. <laughs> that's Wait, it. So on your statue, did it already have the name, the title, the good Asian on it? Yeah, yeah, it has the series so they've already, name. Because in the Academy Awards, they I think you have to give it back, and then they engrave right, it. Right, right, right. No, no, they know. look. They so they already knew. Hand, no, no wonder Jock already yeah. knew. You know? Yeah, and in fact, when I got up, they handed me one. It said Best Anthology Series. And I was like, so I had to go. So I had to go back at the end. And the woman who was in charge of the anthology, everyone for the anthology one, um, Kel, I can't think of her last name. She's like kind of an indie cartoonist. Mm-hmm. She had one statue and she's walking around. And I said, I think I have your other statue. And she was like, oh, thank goodness. I was going to look all around. And I didn't know what to do. And I was embarrassed to ask. But they had handed me her her statue. And they had handed Pornsec two statues. So I think, you know, maybe because it was Jock and Scotty Young, like handing out the statues. But they... um. <laughs> They uh, we ended up with three statues, one of which was for best anthology series, and so I had to go find the person who was in charge of that and give her her statue back. Have you seen the picture of you and Pornsack with the three statues that's been? Uh, no, I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure it's around somewhere. I try uh, not to find. I try not to look at myself on the internet if I possibly can avoid it. Yeah, there's there's one picture, and yeah, you're not lying. There are three statues. You are you know, <laughs> two of you have three statues in your arms. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so. One of them is one of them is her best anthology series. You know, oh. congratulations on both. Oh, thank congratulations you. to the creators, everybody, uh, on for Snow Angels and for for the Good Asian. Actually, you know, the Snow Angels win. What Comicsology has been doing, we've <clears> talked <throat> about a number of times. You know. That's a nice little feather in its cap about sort of what they've been doing on, you know, the creator own, the original series. And I hope that still, you know, gets to continue, even though like with Chip leaving, mm-hmm. you know, I hope that, you know, well, you and Scott are still there doing your stuff. So, and yeah. what you guys have been cranking out and what a lot of the creators, I mean, like I'll say it again, and I've said it before on this podcast that check it out, especially if you have prime, it's not going to cost you mm-hmm. anything. Just go right. read the books. I mean, Right. I mean, it's not like people aren't just slapping <laughs> stuff together, you no, know, because these, you know, happen to work for Amazon. I mean, they look great. And I yeah. haven't had a chance to Thank see you. what Dark Horse is doing with the, the print version, but, you know, these are you know, yeah, I mean, pieces of work. You know? <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, that was nice. I mean, that was a validation there, too, as well with Snow Angels that it was, yeah, and I was sitting at the same table with Ariel, Christina, and Mark Bernardin who were nominated for Adora in the distance, which had been nominated for best digital, like whatever, a couple of years ago, I think. And then this was for like a collection of, you know, it was like for best, whatever, YA, you know, graphic novel, you know, and it was in a category with like these pretty serious YA creator types, you know, that kind of win all the awards and stuff. So it didn't win, but it was just like, wow, just to even be amongst that thing was great. And yeah, I mean, Dark Horse is doing amazing stuff. I mean, the demons, we have demons ones that come out. 
yep. we're working on putting out the night of the ghoul and the clear ones now um and yeah they're going to be good they're like they're collecting the issues like two up you know so the, the first print issue will be issues one and two collected so they're going to be like nice fat you know beefy things and there's lots of extras there's scripts there's design pages so oh, they're going to really? be like yeah they're going to be like really like mini like a lot I, we were always hoping to make them much more like those old like the prestige kind of format books that dc used to do you know mm-hmm. i think they're i don't want to don't quote me but they're i mean they've got to be at least 48 or 60 pages or something like each each issue like it's a lot you know that's the two like 23 to 25 page stories plus like extras and stuff so all collected in one so so for a six issue series like night of the ghoul it'll be three print issues but they'll all be like you know kind of chunky which for me like you know and probably you too like those old like the annuals that you look forward to and those extra it feels a lot more like that you know yeah dc's been i love the dc uh you know like hundred issues yeah hundred like, hundred page issues right. they're doing or their season you know the holiday or season specials that they do yeah you yeah, know, they're hundred pages, you know, for ten bucks, and they're just gorgeous looking. Or like, what the, you know, what? I, towards the end of it, and this is just before COVID hit, I was gathering up some of the Walmart Mart book that that uh, mm-hmm. DC was doing. You know, even though it was some reprint stuff, it was like good reprint stories, and, and even some new stories. And like the um, uh, what is it? The the army one they did. There was an army one. There was a sci-fi mm-hmm. one. You know. Mm-hmm it's something like that you know it's like you know for eight bucks you're getting 100 pages plus and with you know some good stuff yeah and, and these aren't even i think the i think the regular covers are 4.99 and then the the variants like there's some foil variants and stuff that i think are 5.99 oh okay. um so you're getting like a lot of value there for yeah. Sure. yeah yeah definitely so um a couple quick questions on top yep. of things first one did you make it into hall h no, I've never been in Hall H. <laughs> I don't even know where Hall H is. So you Although are a Comic Con purist. You do not go to Hall H. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy, man. Like now, like along the along the marina that runs behind the convention center. Now on the ground, they have these stickers that say like all the way down the marina, and it's like a mile or more. It's really long. It takes like twenty minutes at least to walk from like one end to the other of the marina maybe longer and they have all these green stickers and they basically say like here's where you sit for hall h you know and they're there like the first day and there's people i mean there's people i mean they literally like they look like refugees or something like they're out there with tons of crap umbrellas food blankets chairs sleeping bags and they're out there for like days like sitting out there you know mm-hmm. and it's i don't know i mean i just i mean god bless them i guess they're dedicated it's exciting but it's like you're gonna sleep out like in the elements for two days so you can go into a giant place and watch a movie trailer that i can see on my phone on youtube probably 10 <laughs> minutes later you know <laughs> like god bless you but you know yeah it's really it's kind of a weird phenomenon but um, no, I've never been. I'm not even exactly sure where Hall H is in the convention center, to be honest with you. No, you've probably walked by the back side of it. But yeah, I, I, to be honest, I, the last time I ever walked into Hall H was for a Battlestar Galactica presentation. So it wasn't packed. Oh, nice. So you're talking, what, 15 years ago or something? Yeah, maybe at some point I feel like they might have had the Eisners there or something. And it was because I remember we were in this cavernous, like, hall that like and you know like it felt like way too big for something like the eisners so that so maybe I, that might have been but that would have been like i said going back years 
<laughs> you know, so. And then the other thing that we've been bumping around ever since COVID came and the conventions stuff, you know, did you, I mean, and I think we've talked about it before since I think we went to New York, but yeah. just a, you know, check in regarding this, the last question of like, are there, were there any new beginnings? Was that, you know, the whole, that part of the injecting new lifeblood into comics? Did you start any new deals? Did you see any new relationships or, you know, start where you can see maybe in five years something might come of them that reinvigorates you know, <clears throat> the creativity of, of the medium? Um, yeah, I mean, for sure, we were there to make a lot of deals, you know? I mean, we definitely had a lot of stuff in the pipeline with Scott, so it was a question of talking to some of the people. And then with the big changes that happened at Comixology right before, with Chip Moser leaving, like, you know, right before the convention, like, that was a big X factor for us, right? Because, you know, the people that the people that were, the, you know, still working there, who we knew, but hadn't really been asked to take on quite as much as they were asked to take on. Um, and then meeting, like, his bosses and studio people and stuff like that. I mean, it definitely... Um, it could have gone either way. Right. But I mean, it was fantastic. Like they were just like, they couldn't have done like a better job in terms of taking care of us, like the events, you know, there was a party for Scott on Thursday night. There was like a welcome dinner on Tuesday night. There was a, like an outing to the beach one day. There was like uh, an Eisner, you know, they had the tables for the Eisner, you know, and yeah, it was, it was crazy. Like how well they had it, you know, managed in terms of, like, like not just the con itself or the panels and the signings, which are great, like really well attended panels. I did, I think I hosted four panels, four or five panels I hosted. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. And uh, um, yeah, I did like spotlight panels, like spotlight on Jock, spotlight on Tula Lote, spotlight on Scott. And then I did a one about pitching, like how to pitch comic, Bryce and I. So Bryce, who's taken over for Chip. So it was his first, san diego you know like so on top of like suddenly like two weeks into his new job as head of comicsology's originals like they send him into the belly of the beast you know, after three years after no one's been there That's and a so yeah of fire. I mean, yeah it's, it's definitely a baptism <laughs> but uh yeah he acquitted himself amazingly you know and everyone did like all the people there were just they couldn't have been warmer or just you know more and enthusiastic too you know like just like loving the stuff we've been doing and hoping to do more stuff. And so, yeah, we had a lot of really good conversations about, you know, going forward, like where, you know, what we want to do and other things, because I mean, particularly like, I mean, specifically with like the Scott stuff, you know, the plan would be, we're doing more Scott stuff, but at some point the plan has always been to take the umbrella and start putting other people underneath, underneath it. You know, I mean, we've said for years in comics, I don't think that, and Mark Doyle used to always talk about this, and he was right. It, you know, if you look at things like hip hop, and you know the way they sort of groom—that's maybe not the best word these days—but like the way they bring in new talent and develop new talent. You know, and so Jay Z finds Kanye, who then finds the next person, and the next person, and the next person. You know, you put them on your record, and then they then you produce their next album, and you know, so you're kind of log rolling in that respect, like all of this talent. So I think that's definitely for us, like the maybe not the next wave, but the wave after is to definitely include um, new people and, and not necessarily just like, Oh, put a new artist with Scott, but like literally just teams of new people, but that we've sort of helped develop or have some hand in, you know, getting them and then just putting them under this sort of 
best jacket, you know, promotional umbrella and everything. So that when Scott is talking up his own stuff, he's also talking about these other, you know, new people and things. So that's definitely in the plan. So, you know, we just trying to figure out, you know, when, how to build all that out. Cause it's like, we're working down the board, like, you know, like I'm always four or five moves down the board. Right. You know, in terms of how we're doing all this stuff, but, um, yeah, I mean, there's stuff. I mean, it was definitely good. And I mean, people were just, I mean, people were, you know, there was nervousness about COVID and the, the hall was like enforced like a mask mandate, even though you also had to get these wristbands. You had to go to this place at the first, when you first got there and get these wristbands that you could wear all weekend that basically you'd showed all your vaccination status and everything to them. Yeah. But you still then also had to wear masks like inside the hall, even on panels, they told us to wear masks and stuff, which was a little annoying, but you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, so people, and people were pretty, um, vigilant about that, obviously. Although I, I've sadly heard a few people I know have like tested positive, like once they got home and stuff, but, um, yeah, I've heard it. Yeah, I think it's, it's gonna, it's gonna happen, you know, and, um, hopefully it's mild and you just kind of get past it at a certain point. But, um, yeah, I mean, the overall vibe, at least from our standpoint was just super, I mean, I would say it's, I've, I mean, I've been probably. 19 times i think i mean i went to my first one in 2000 and i missed a couple for like the birth of my one kid and there was one year where dc didn't send people and stuff but so i've probably been 18 or 19 times and i would definitely put it up at the top near the top you know in terms of just the overall vibe and the whole you know feeling like we got a lot accomplished but we also made a lot of new relationships and got to know a lot of these people and they got to know us you know i mean because Particularly when you're dealing with like a Scott Snyder, you know, there's Scott Snyder, like the person, and then there's Scott Snyder, like name above the title kind of guy, you know? So I think a lot of people, until they get to meet him personally and realize like how down to earth and sort of, you know, anxiety ridden, like the rest of us he is, and just kind of, you know, in that respect, like just like everybody else. So that's a big benefit, you know, that he can just meet all the people at Comixology and spend time with them, go to dinners and have conversations and you know, it just stops, you know, it's just like a interesting creator as opposed to just like some, you know, whatever name above the Scott Tober West Coast edition and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, if your plans succeed, then maybe there will be someday at the Eisner's, there'll be an open bar because comics are making <laughs> so much more money. Right. Exactly. That would be the first thing I did if I was king of comics, <laughs> open bar at the, the Eisner's. Eisners. I, might, I might outlaw the Eisner's first, and then if I couldn't get that, I'd get the open bar at the Eisner's. No, I, I mean, it's great. I mean, yeah, because even, I mean, it was just like his jock won like an inkpot award, which, you know, was pretty amazing. But it was, they kind of, we had a panel and this woman came up from the show and she's like, Oh, do you mind if I introduce you guys? And I was like, no, that's fine. I don't really, you know, care. And so she gets up and then she like pulls out the award and gives it to him like on stage. It was a total surprise to me. Oh, cool. He's like, did you know about this? And I was like, no, I didn't know about it. But then we didn't realize like it's, it's awesome. It comes with like a, you got this like golden ticket that came with it. And it's essentially like a pass to Comic-Con for him and his family, like forever, like for life. It's a, it's like a lifetime pass to come. Nice. <laughs> and it's like, it includes like other, you know, like says family, whatever, and that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know how many badges or whatever it would include, but yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty sweet, you know? Like, so yeah, there was just a lot of like really positive things that we felt 
which is good because I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know, maybe people think like the rich get richer or something, but it's like, you know, we've been really working our asses off like for a long time. I mean, you're talking about a lot of people that, and this is what I really admire, particularly about Scott, where it's like, he's at the point in his career where he could just, you know, coast, right? I mean, it's like, he's got, he's made a ton of money. He's done all these books. He's done all the best-selling books, you know, and it's like, where's the, why would you want to take on eight new projects and managing all this stuff and then managing a business on top of it. Right. I mean, it's not just, you know, the way comicsology works, like we have to essentially, we're the publisher. So we have to pay everybody. We have to manage all that kind of stuff too. Oh, okay. So, so the, like the pipeline and then you guys have to, yeah, they basically consider themselves like a platform, you know, yeah. but I mean, we are like the publisher of record, like for these projects. Mm-hmm. So, which means okay. also that we have to make sure everybody gets paid and everybody, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, um, it's a lot of work on top of the actual work work, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, I mean, it's just great to see all these guys, you know, Jock pushing himself to, you know, write and draw like a Batman thing. And, you know, I mean, it was good. We get to dinner one night with Vaughn and Cliff and Cliff Chang and those guys, like a paper girls dinner that we had one night, um, that I got invited to. That was great. And, uh, you know, it was good to see those guys. And I mean, they were everywhere, like with the cast and, doing big giveaways and they were doing signings at the comicsology booth too, because Amazon prime was using the booth for a lot of their stuff. So that was mm-hmm. kind of cool too. Like mm-hmm. to see like old friends and family like that, like at the same booth signing and stuff. Cause there was no DC booth. There was a big Marvel booth, but we were in the same spot as the old like graffiti booth, which was right next to the old DC booth. So that was a little weird. Cause it was like my wow. muscle memory, my muscle memory yeah. of like, you know, how far into the show I had to walk and how long it took from the hotel. Like that all came back to me, but then you get on the floor and like, you're just like, wait, there's no, like those anchors aren't there anymore, mm-hmm. you know? So, mm-hmm. um, but you know, so that, but at the same time, it's like, all right, you got all these new people and there's all these vault and scout and all these different companies have booths and, you know, it felt like, wow, there's a lot going on, you know, and people are kind of making it work one way or the other. Right. You know? Yeah. Like 12 years ago, you know, it was a big deal if Marvel didn't show up or DC didn't right. show up. Right. But nowadays, right. you know, you got Boom, you got Vault, like you said. Yeah, they had a huge, Boom had a huge booth that was really cool. It was like built like a city kind of. So that was like all these like alleys and these weird buildings. Oh, wow. It was really, it was, yeah, it was really, really elaborate, you know. Really yeah, IDW had a big. IDW um, still hanging out. Or maybe that was yeah. the IDW booth that was built like that. But yeah, whatever. They all had these big booths. Still Marvel and DC drive people in direct market. But. People really sweat it if DC doesn't have a big, you know, a mm-hmm. big exposure. I mean, they're not huge at New York either. You know, right. they have that no, one yeah. end of the convention, but it's nothing. Yeah, they're outside the San Diego the floor. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. outside the floor, and you could walk yeah, by. So, it, you know, right? But you know, I mean, I've come home with as much enthusiasm and energy and excitement as I ever did before. You know, so I don't know. I mean, it's it's weird, but it right. seems like right. things things change. You know, like mm-hmm. I mean, and you just have to be willing to to kind of roll with it and, you know, but you ask you know, you got to have a plan. Like I've said to you before, it's like, always have a plan. That's like my, you know, just put that on my tombstone. Like mm-hmm. always have a plan, you know, <laughs> it's just like, I don't want, you know, uh, I, I, you know, you got to figure out like looking down the field and seeing like what's happening and, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, it's terrific. Great. Well, hey, Will, I'll let you get back to your Friday. All right, man. Um, and, and recovering from your jet lag. Oh, God, I know. I'm killing me. I think I'm just old, but just a couple of late nights and a 
West Coast trip, and you're just like this whole week. I just felt like I'm in a fog. Well, at least it's not COVID. <laughs> I know I did. I did test negative a couple of times. So there you go. Hopefully, awesome. I think the alcohol, the alcohol helped. <laughs> Keep telling yourself uh, that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. So but, I will be talking to you on the next episode. But thank you very much yeah, for the debriefing. I appreciate it. Thanks yep. for checking in. 